and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Little. So Dr. Tom Little has worked as a performance specialist for over 20 years, including extensive work in the Premier League. He is also the founder of the nutrition software Hero Pro and included in his alphabet soup after his name is the SENR Sport and Exercise Nutrition Register, which means that he is the perfect person to discuss today how you can improve your footballing performance using nutrition. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Tom onto the show. So Tom, welcome to the Science Support Podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Hi Matt, how are you doing? Thanks very much for having me on. Excited to chat today. You've had some unbelievable guests on the show, so I'm very honoured to have my chat. Uh, and another one today. So can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? I'm Dr Tom Little, as I said. Um, I've been working as a performance coach for over 20 years now, so I'm an old codger. Uh, working primarily in professional football, um, I'm currently the head of performance for Preston North End. And around three years ago, I set up my own nutritional software company called Colourfit. And that's now rebranded to Hero Pro. And that's worked with over 100 elite organisations around the world. So that's pretty exciting as well. Absolutely. Excellent, mate. So uh, we're here to discuss a little bit of, uh, of nutrition and how you've uh, attacked that over the last years. Um, but I think the, the most interesting one to kick off with is what are the, what's like some of the worst examples of food choices you've seen in professional football? Because I mean, you've got to see some shockers, right? Uh, quite a few. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I am an old codger. So I started 23 years ago and back then there wasn't the prominence of sports science and in particular nutrition back then. And very working class sport as well. So, uh, you saw lots of examples of kind of typical working class foods, so kind of cremated steaks and chips for free man and things like that. So uh, things have progressed quite a lot, but I think the general public would still be quite shocked at how poor nutrition can be, particularly with kind of the younger end of professional football. And th- there are good reasons for that, though. I mean, a lot of the time they're kind of been spoon-fed all their life so they can come from Cat One Academies where they're getting fed every meal, they're in digs, and then all of a sudden they'll come to a club like ours and they're thrown into the wild world, living on their own completely. And they've got no kind of cooking or nutrition skills on them and they're often quite affluent, so you can see them having a fend for themselves but also <clears throat> eating out a, a lot of the time as well. To an extent, while they're quite young as well, they're almost a bit bulletproof, so they can get away with some bad habits because they're training hard every day. They've got wonderful genetics in there. So you'll you'll see them eating very calorie-dense food, kind of sugar-laden food, but not affecting them as much as it would be the likes of me and you. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes you need that that type of food as well because the training modes and match demands that are so, so frequent as well. So they can get out get away with them a little little bit so um yeah any nutritionist still they're not going to find it easy despite things changing they're always going to have a hell of a lot of work for them to do once they come in to fulfill that position in in there yeah i can imagine the uh yeah especially the younger generations coming through with uh, the ease and convenience of a lot of things and then having money to do it as well i mean there's some kids you can't go out and, uh, and buy a mcdonald's every weekend but if you're getting paid fairly well you can uh, you can manage that easily have you got any specific yeah. examples of, of one or two that maybe i don't know snuck chicken nuggets into the training ground or whatever anything that sticks out to you over the years uh 
there's lots. I mean, like, like it's eating out a lot. I think half of them live in Nando's, to be honest. <laughs> there's uh, one of our, well, I'd say one of the best players I've worked with. You come through Man United, so you think things are going to be hunky-dory. He had tinned ravioli, we found out, for his pre-match. Um, <laughs> so we had to put a stop to that. And then at our place, and I know a lot of places, the lab, um, cakes for birthdays treats or whatever it is and you'd be amazed the amount of donuts that some of these guys can put away in one sitting <laughs> certainly makes me feel a bit queasy so uh, hopefully i can go out there and burn it off but yeah they'd be some of the main ones that spring to mind absolutely brilliant mate so uh, obviously donuts contain contain some uh, important macronutrients but not exactly necessarily what you're what you're looking for so in terms of uh, macronutrients um, what what are the key macronutrients that footballers need and uh, why are they then important? Yeah, I'm sure most of your answer, listeners know the answer to this, so I'm afraid it's going to be a bit bland, my answer to start off with, but I, I'll hopefully put a little twist on it at the end. But as most people know, carbs are really important for footballers. It's a high-intensity intermittent sport. The competition's super and carbs represent our most efficient fuel source, so really important to have fuel in those high-intensity efforts. Um, they're also important to immunity, to bone health, to um, blood glucose is our brain's only fuel source, so really important in terms of our coordination, so injury prevention, decision-making, particularly when it comes towards the end of the game. So... Most people have heard the phrase as well, fuel for the work required. So what we want to do, we want to vary our carb intake in line with the amount of training that we're doing and in line with our competition schedule as well. So basically, if we're training hard or coming up to a competition, we want to be having more carbs. So the general figures that we're going to talk about, you're looking around two to three grams per kilogram for um, rest days around three grams per kilogram on light training days you're looking like four to five maybe on hard days and around five to six when you're on your match day minus one match day you will see people recommend higher levels than that but footballers just don't achieve them if you look at food diaries most of them won't get into the six grams per kilogram and, and you hear things like 40 grams going up to like eight ten grams per kilogram but those guys are consuming a lot of that while they're riding through drinks and gels and the like. So footballers don't have that opportunity or the duration of competition to kind of get near those levels. And yet they're still able to churn out really good distances very frequently as well. So I don't think they actually need to go above those levels as well. The type of foods that we're looking to get through, obviously, fruits, vegetables, combined health. In them, whole grains are really good as well. Uh, and beans are an excellent source of, of carbohydrates as well. And then you could go into ergogenics er 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 when you get near to competition. The next one is obviously protein. Protein is super important because it's basically a building blocks for all our cells in our body, and particularly in sport because muscular power and force is so important. We know it's a building blocks for repairing. So protein is super important. Really important for our health as well because we have nine essential amino acids that we must attain through our diet in order to have optimum health as well. So with um, it doesn't need to vary that much in terms of like carbohydrate does from day to day. Um, typically, most 
uh, footballers. You're looking around 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram per day, maybe slightly higher if you're aiming to lose weight and, and stay lean, and it'll be those higher ends around competition or, or strength training as well. And the kind of sources you want to get them from, so kind of meat, fish, dairy, eggs, if you're vegetarian or vegan, there's lots of opportunities for soy products with microprotein, beans, whole grains and the like. So even vegetarian and vegans can easily acquire all the protein needs and essential amino acid needs. And then finally, you got, you come into fat. Fat can be a bit demonised, um, but it's super important to our health because, again, we have these essential, essential fatty acids that we do have to through the diet you don't have to worry about the amount so much with fat as long as you get your other microbes right uh fat tends to be okay and it, you're looking about one gram per kilogram today and it's a nice easy three two one acronym that people try and remember with the macro so most days most people you look three for your carbs two for your protein one for your fat um the type of fats that we want to be taking on board we want to Try and moderate our saturated fat. So you're going to get from them things from like confection beers, from baking products, full fat dairy, um, and poor quality processed red meats are more the ones that we need to worry about with saturated fat, like bacon, sausages, and things like that. Um, for the ones that we want, they're going to be unsaturated fats. So there's two divisions of those there's monosaturated fat, you get things like avocado, olive oil, are good sources from them. Then you have polyunsaturated fats. There's two kinds of that that we're looking for. The omega-3 fats, and they can be found in kind of fire fish, nuts and seeds, uh, grass-fed meat. Um, so they're the ones that we recommend. My twist on it, that it's not actual macro, but the most important thing for athletes as a whole for me is always health. Health brings you so many things. It brings you energy. It brings you immunity, it's anti-inflammatory, and ultimately, it brings you longevity in your career. And if you want to try and influence your young athletes, try and get your older athletes to talk about uh, the diet to the younger athletes because they are in the midst of living how important the health is because they have come out of that kind of bulletproof phase. So they know all the kind of how important health is to limiting all those aches and pains through inflammation that you feel every day. And I heard Grant Dowie say on a podcast I heard him on recently that health is your passport to a long-term career. So that's always my biggest battle with footballers and always kind of what I feel is the most important thing in terms of their overall performance and having a, a nice, long, successful career, which can be the difference of millions of pounds to these uh, <laughs> young men so hopefully it's not the hardest sell in the world <laughs> yeah so uh, we assume that they don't eat tinned ravioli and we assume that they are getting all of the good things which they need to stay healthy and uh, have a long career um but then in terms of uh how you time the meals uh, around your sport uh how does that then change in, in relation to uh, different training uh, sessions different recovery sessions and uh, ultimately then uh, performance for a match yeah timing is important and i think we can become a bit obsessed with it as nutritionists but more recent research is actually showing it's not as critical as we thought and what is important is actually area under the curve over the day so for example 
apple protein. We hear from research that uh, doses of around 20 to 40 grams every three to four hours is optimal for muscle growth and post strength training. It's important to get high bio bioavailable uh, sources of protein with high leucine content in there to take advantage of the hormone influences of kind of growth hormones and mTOR1. Um, but actually, when people have took a step back and look at it, if you have an adequate amount of protein throughout the day, however you put that together, as long as you don't cram it all in at once, because we can't digest enough all at once, um, the effects are around about the same. So again, you could take that with carbohydrates, so we, we can become obsessed around post-training and post-match fueling because we do have this again um more optimal environment of kind of glute four which is a transport of glucose independent of insulin being kind of higher because of calcium activation um, and taking advantage of that but what has actually been shown is that this glute four will hang around until uh, for uh, quite a long time until you get adequate levels of kind of calorie reabsorption. So, again, it, it comes to having about the, the total right amount through the day. So there's a number of ways of approaching it. So you don't need to be – your players don't need to be obsessing if they've not had their 60 grams of carbohydrate in half an hour of the game, and a lot of them do struggle with their appetite afterwards. So you don't have to really be super aggressive with these people and be pestering them to do things that they're, they're not really comfortable doing as long as – the overall picture is correct over time, over longevity, over day-to-day as well. So that would be my kind of, as long as you get in those amounts that we talked about earlier in the show, right? I think we won't far wrong. Where I do think it is, it is important, though, is your, your pre-match one and then your post-match, especially if you've got big, big fixtures. So pre-match, most players want to feel really light as you go into a game. So that means that your timing of your nutrition and your type of nutrition is quite important. So you don't want to be in uh, big meals close to the games. Most people eat around three hours beforehand. And then everything you eat from there, and even in that meal, has to be super easy to digest. You don't want it sitting on the stomach, so you don't want kind of high fiber, high fat uh, uh, content in there. So it's, it's hanging around. And that's where kind of ergogenics and lactic fruits, watery fruits come into that a little bit more. And then post-match, save you around Christmas and just got game after game after game. It can be challenging to kind of get your glycogen stores up to where you want to be optimised afterwards. So Matt Jones did some excellent work with this where he looked at kind of three to four key strategies post-game that can we get like an optimum amount into the players <clears throat> so immediately afterwards you after the game you've got a window and you're typically going to address that through, through fluids or bars excuse me um because again people don't have a big appetite and it's a good way of getting hydration carbs protein all these things that are super digestible into them quite quickly then you've got a next opportunity kind of about an hour after the game which tends to be finger foods in the changing rooms or finger foods eating on on the bus. Um, then you've got a meal opportunity at Stum Save, which is often about a bit over an hour to two hours after the game. And then your final opportunity before they're going to bed. And in each one of those cities, carbohydrates, you're looking at about two grams 
grams per kilogram per weight. Protein, about 0.5 kilograms, uh, 0.5 grams per kilogram per body weight. And then fat just tends to fall in line right but that needs to be quite low in order to get sufficient amount of those other macros that are more important into the system absolutely brilliant so now we've kind of gone through um what they need and when they need it uh how is that going to then change for a youth athlete compared to a, a full-time professional right so you've got athletes who are who are at the euros um maybe uh they've, they've just got knocked out maybe they uh, are going to beat germany this evening i don't know but uh, either way, I'm going to live to regret this because it's going to come out on Monday. Um, <laughs> um, either way. Um, Believe. Yeah, exactly. It's coming home, mate. It's all right. Um, so either way, um, you've got athletes who are maybe in the de- 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 uh, developmental stage and you've got athletes who are pros. Um, what's the difference then between the needs of those two different uh, groups? I think fundamentally, there's not huge differences between them. I think all the things that we talked about, your approach to macros, your approach to your car period, during the week, particularly around games, I think they're fundamentally the same. Um, with youth athletes, there is the extra concern around the extra calorie needs around growth, and they tend to be more active away from training as well through other sports and just playing with the mates and things. So you, you can have a great concern around having sufficient calories so we might have things around our academy things like, like more healthy old bars thicker bread milkshakes things like that things that you know they're going to readily consume they're going to take care of those kind of fuel and calorie needs as well um my main approach to it though is in terms of differences is the approach in terms of winning your battles so with academy ages, you, you tend to have slightly less resources. So the budget tends to be not quite as high. You've got more players, generally less time with them. And then a, a huge thing is younger players are not going to go on a super healthy diet. They just won't eat it. So there's no point in keep on banging the drum if, you, if you're not going to have any effect. So what you're doing, you, you're looking for kind of tweaks around that as much as possible. So we have kind of generalistic approaches in there that where we try to educate them and try and tweak them towards kind of a healthy approach. And you have to involve the parents in, in this line of education and you have to do things like cooking lessons and lots of educational material in there. But it's about little tweaks. So, for example, with breakfast, kids t- t- typically have a sugary cereal or they'll have white bread with Nutella or something like that. So yeah, you're trying to tweak them on a very easy meals at versatile, but slightly more healthy, but still super tasty to them. So for breakfast, it might be things like overnight oats or porridge, pancakes, uh, yogurt pots, healthier cereals in there. It might be wholemeal toast with a variety of different styles of eggs that you can get on there. For the lunches, you'll typically see them just having white bread, butter, and just some ham on there, something like that. We're going to tweak that maybe like a wholemeal wrap that's got healthy protein on there and salad and like a flavoursome but still healthy sauce in like jacket potato beans or salad whatever it may be something to be fast and convenient we educate a lot around kind of picnics and finger food as well and then for dinner again so something that's super versatile and kind of overpowers the, the typical flavours of vegetables if they're on their own so there's loads of things you can do with that so Stir fries are really good, curries, 
casseroles, entree rolls. There's a number of really easy meals that they can get involved with cooking them themselves that are suitable, but you're just tweaking them towards kind of better fuel sources, better protein sources, kind of a, a healthier diet overall. Um, when it comes to professionals, there's a lot more kind of detail, budget that you, you can typically throw at it. It's not always the case. A lot of your Cat One academies will have a, a really good budget and a couple of nutrition and something like that. But that, that's a rarity more than it is uh, common. Um, so with with your first team, it tends to be more sophisticated, particularly around um, ergonomics and supplements. So you'll see a lot more around your health and your, your performance supplements in there um and it tends to be more sophisticated in terms of it's n equals one so it's not about common themes for the group and how you can approach things by covering a lot of uh kill a lot of birds with one stones it's more a very focused approach on a singular person that is very goal driven as well for that person Absolutely brilliant, mate. So that's, uh, yeah, it's great to hear then the differences and the, yeah, maybe the attention that the, the pros get as opposed to, uh, to youth athletes and how the, the education works slightly differently. Uh, so before you leave, I want to get a quick, uh, case study from you to see how this works in the real world. So can you talk us through what, uh, a player would do in terms of their meal plan, uh, moving towards a competition? So a game on the weekend? Yeah, no problem. There's two main elements to meal planning. So obviously players are around the training ground quite a lot. So part of your meal planning has to be based uh, what you food feed the players as a group. So that's quite easy. You, you tend to look at the principles of car periodization. So basically what we're looking at is that when the lads are training hard or coming up to competition, we're increasing our offerings of more fuel-dense foods or carbohydrate-dense foods and or slightly more calorie-dense foods there as well. So they're optimally fueled in terms of their performance. When they're not training as hard or rest days, you know, rest days, but you're, you're lessering the amount of fuel in there and optimising more balanced meals, and got a bit more protein and a bit more health and less energy-dense foods in there. So then you've got that holy triad that you're looking for. Lean players are healthy, but able to perform to the maximum when it's important. Um, so you'll plan that out with your chef. Chef's the most important person to have in your nutrition team because without that, you might as well feed them the, the meal plan that you've written it out on. So if you've got a good chef, hold on to them like uh, your firstborn child. We do actually use a bit of technology to help with that as well. So we, we have it an app and then we, we put up um, kind of PowerPoint videos on all the projectors in the video, which shows the men any upcoming menu that they're going to have. It shows recommendations that we think the players should be having. And then it also runs through the macros and um, macros for the different foods from both a relative and a serving perspective as well. So that's been super useful as well. And we've actually just developed that piece of software with... Uh, John Williams, um, who works for Wales and the Lions, and the Lions are currently using that on tour. So that's been super exciting. Uh, and then the next part of it is what I was talking about before. So it's the N equals one. It's a deep investigation into a singular player um, because a lot of the time they're going to be feeding themselves as well. So that's super 
on. So you're really investigating into all the nuances that affect that player's nutrition. So that's going to be things like food likes and dislikes, uh, economic circumstances, to who do they live with and who does the cooking. So does a girlfriend do the cooking? Are they cooking for children in there as well? Where do they eat out? If they typically eat out, do they have any kind of ethical or diet preferences? Is there any cultural influences in, in there? You've got to really dig deep, deep down. So the information that you give to that player is going to be readily usable. So you, you need good. We have kind of set out questionnaire that we'll go through with the players that go all the different layers of home, what do for different meals, what do in rematch during the match polls match. And then we also use technology to help us with that as well. So we mentioned the Hero Pro app that has um, a meal diary and database on there as well. So what we do, we do these short little blocks of very detailed tracking. Long-term tracking the footballers just doesn't work. Don't get the details. So from our investigation, we'll know what little battles we want to go after. So is it their rest day? Is it their dinner? Is it their pre-match? We'll do a really focused food diary on there. And then whoever's working with that person, they can access the food diary to look at it, but also write the meal plans on there so they can go to any appropriate point in time and write detailed meal plans to be able to reflect, but also give them something that is more optimum in there as well. And then in terms of just general cooking skills, we have 400 meals in there where we have this system where it's really easy to choose a meal based on whatever your goal is. And then we have video demonstrations of all the meals. You can order the ingredients. So we're just taking all excuses and work, just kind of powering them and making life as easy as much as possible because I've found that's one of the keys to kind of behave change. Absolutely fantastic, mate. So uh, I know you're uh, you're a busy man. You've got to go to the barbers in just a second. So I think it's time to call it a day. Much um, needed. But... <laughs> in lockdown. Uh, it's good. We're, we're on a non-visual podcast, so we're all good, mate. We're all good. Um, but uh, Tom, it's been a massive pleasure uh, listening to your thoughts today. It's been uh, it's been a great conversation. So uh, a massive thanks to you for for taking the time. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having us on, Matt. Good show. Cheers, buddy. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Tom for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our Coach Academy. The Coach Academy is a series of mini lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. And of particular interest after today's podcast are probably the lectures on carbohydrate for team sports and post-exercise nutrition. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to get in the show notes and we can get you in the Coach Academy for free for seven days using the link in there. So click that link in just a few seconds time. And one last thing before you leave, I want to ask you a quick favor. And that favor is very simply whether you could leave us a review on whichever hosting software you're currently listening on. Obviously, the more stars, the better, but we would love from you an honest review, including a really short piece of text to recommend the podcast to others. And that means that we can keep bringing you the best possible content. And of course, that you can help us spread the great word of the podcast to help others be inspired in sport and exercise science. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.